You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes that we talk about in this podcast by heading to the links in the show notes or on our website at sarahraven.com. We've had the most extraordinary summer of weather and on top of that now, of course, many of us are under a hosepipe ban. And so I just thought as gardeners, it's one of the things that's really freaking us all out. So I just thought I would gather together my sort of five top tips of what we're doing here at Putchill about water. And of course, number one is about water collection. We're lucky enough actually when we put in a car park that we put in a water storage tank. But even that's now empty. So that hasn't stood us in such good stead. But of course, you know, we all know it, but there are pumps now and siphons that you can move your bath water down into a a water butt below the window. So, you know, just really thinking of water as an incredibly precious resource and not in a kind of earnest way, but just in a sensible way, I guess. And just, I I remember traveling in South Africa and coming back with a completely different attitude to water and you know, baths are out, showers are in, very short showers are in, etc. So I suppose that's that's number one, but I, I'm sure you're all doing that. The whole thing of siphoning water from your bath, I know people worry, well, what about the shampoo? What about the bath oil, etc.? Well, honestly, I do think bath oil probably not good, but I think shampoo is completely fine because if you think about it, I mean, I, I may get a deluge of letters from scientists, but if you think about it, I use washing up liquid against the first infestation of aphids here. And that's because it has a soapy texture, which then ruptures, I think, the aphid exoskeleton. And so I see no reason why shampoo or soap in a bath is any problem. But I think probably large quantities of bath oil, not so good. And number two, definitely for me, is the use of a barrow or a tub truck for your pots. So I know some pots are just going to be much too big to move. But if they are portable, fill your barrow with water from your watering can or whatever. And it's got to obviously hold water and not have holes in it. And then put all the pots that are portable into that uh, so they absorb water from the base and leave them there for about 10 minutes and then go back and change them over and put the next lot in. And so we have lots of small to medium-sized pots on our well here, on our wellhead. And that's exactly what I do every weekend when I'm in charge of watering here. I don't hand water them with a watering can. I let them absorb it from the base. And it takes a fraction of the time, honestly, it really does. And so that's a kind of really key tip, I think. And small pots dry out quicker than big pots. So if we're going to go on having summers like this, get the bigger pot possibly can. And the other thing that we've tried increasingly is to line our pots with haughty wool, which is this new sustainable sort of matting. And that will decrease water evaporation. And when you water, it'll also absorb the water and release it slowly. I've been really pleased with it in in lots of different ways, but also particularly for water absorption in the base of a pot and around the edges of a pot. And then lots of people say, what about vermiculite? Well, yes, it absorbs water and it will release it. Unfortunately, it it lasts very little time. I mean, in, in a hot day, it will have dehydrated even at the base of the pot within a couple of hours. So I don't think it's going to make a huge amount of difference. Then what about Osmogel? 
or those sorts of water-absorbing crystals, which then release their water slowly. I'm not very keen on it because it's so chemical, so I would rather use the more organic thing, which is the haughty wool. But, I mean, they do work, but then you've got to be very careful. We did a trial of it one year where it was then very wet and all our plants rotted off really quickly because the osmogel was holding water around the roots of things like pelargoniums too tightly. And so we had a problem with that. So I think generally farmyard manure is the best addition to compost because it absorbs water and it releases the water and the fertility in a good way to the roots of the plant. And we also increasingly grow trailers down the side of our pots because that actually protects the pot from so much evaporation. So all those things are about sensible use of water, really. And then final two points, which I think are equally important, every autumn and spring, mulch, 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 mulch. So by adding organic matter over your soil surface, this is for your borders and around your shrubs and around your trees, you decrease water evaporation as well as improving the soil texture. And then finally, just thinking about right plants. So if we are going to go into heat and more dry summers, as it sounds like we are inevitably, then really think maybe hydrangeas, they need to be in truly shady spots. So think about plants that are South African natives. So I always always think about the South African daisies, Arctotis, Venediums, Argyranthemums, even the Calendulas, uh, the Tagetes, all those, as well as the Zinnias and the Pelargoniums, which are also South African natives, all those are really pretty good for drought tolerance. Most of the salvias too. But in my experience this summer, the plants have struggled off. The phlox, phlox paniculatas are really, they need moisture at their roots. The hydrangeas and the persicarias, those are the three that are looking pretty dire in the garden here. So don't despair. Don't give up gardening. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But just, I guess, be sensible. So be sensible with your water use a barrow for watering, maybe line your pots to decrease the need for water, mulch your soil and really think of drought tolerant plants. You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes that we talk about in this podcast by heading to the links in the show notes or on our website at sarahaven.com.